0: Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your
1: hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you
0: care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our moxie on. Hey, Christina, I cannot wait for today's show.
1: I know. You I know have we've been a lot, but I really, really mean no, it this week. Th- this one, this one's pretty special. This one it is, is really special. This is special. our first dude. I know. I know. But he's special. I bet mean, he doesn't even know you that. Know?
0: He is special. <laughs> but we have not had a guy on our show because we do protect the space for our women. And we give women yes. kind of first dibs, but sometimes the information or the Expertise that's brought just just that's needs right. to come from a certain source, and we have found the source
1: today. Don't you we think? have found the source? Oh my gosh! I mean, you have been talking about these products. I, I kind of dropped a little hint, right? You you've been talking about these products for as long as I've known you, which is this last year. You know, I'm and a junkie. I'm oh, a junkie. I know. I know. And and it's always like, girl, you have to try this. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I'm like. Okay, we. I, I guess I got to try these products, and then we have them on. Are you kidding me? This is so awesome! I'm so excited. Like I even got out of bed for this. Like I'm sick as a dog, and I got out of bed for this. Well, you've been you know? reserving
0: yourself for days for this. I have. But Let's I have. also mention this is, uh, and I want to make sure I get this right. National Skin Care Awareness Month. Is that the correct term? If I got that I right, Christina, so, right? you don't know. Yeah, I think. Why would so. you like that? <laughs> So that's why we wanted to have this special guest because today we, and don't anybody hang up and think we're going to have a boring show about skin cancer. That's not the way this is going to go down. Um, we're going to talk about sunscreens, the new generation of sunscreens. We're going to talk about sunscreen bias. We're going to talk about skin cancer, but we're going to cover a lot of things involving the sun and our skin. So let's get into it because I know we have a hard stop, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, our guest today is Dr. Dennis Gross. But before he comes on, I want to tell you some things about him. He's a board-certified dermatologist and a dermatological surgeon. He founded his practice in 1990 after completing his residency at the New York University Medical Center. He has a deep interest in skin that's healthy as well as beautiful. We can get into that, can't we, Christina?
1: Oh, And
0: yes. he has... executed extensive research at prestigious institutes, including Memorial Sloan Kettering on melanoma. His research on skin cancer has been published in multiple peer-reviewed journals, including the Journal of Experimental Medicine and Journal of Medical Microbiology. His affiliations have included the Skin Care Cancer Foundation, the American Cancer Society, as well as the American Academy of Dermatology, the Society for Dermatological Surgery and Oncology, and the American Medical Association, and the New York Dermatology Society. So I think we can say that he is qualified. He created his award-winning skincare product line in 2002, and he and his expertise have been featured in publications, including the New York Times Magazine, Elle, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, in addition to guest appearances on Today's Show, CNN, and The Early Show. And after Today, he will add Midlife Moxie. So welcome to the show, Woo-hoo! Dr. Dennis Gross.
2: Thank you so much. I'm really flattered to be the first dude. That's great. You know, I hope <laughs> The first I dude. Are you my, ready my, for this? I'm ready. This is great. Let's are do it. Are you ready?
0: Well, we are yep. so excited to have you because I'm going to first be the first to admit, I was having a little trepidation this week prior to this recording because someone went to the beach last week and someone didn't use enough sunscreen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Dr. Gross is going to come on and my skin's going to be flaking. But I'm okay, I think. So I want to talk about, first of all, where does your passion for sun protection originate? Like, how did this become your jam?
2: Well, you know, before I even went into dermatology or skin cancer research, I was just, I was interested in cancer as a specialty. And, you know, it struck me that the, the, the key thing to having any kind of skin cancer or cancer in general is early detection. And what I absolutely love about dermatology and with the right use of sunscreen is as a trained eye, as a dermatologist, I can just inspect someone's skin, find skin cancer early because it doesn't take an x-ray, it doesn't take a blood test, doesn't take a CAT scan machine. It is right there for the, for, for observation, if you know what you're looking for. And so I was so gratified to be able to find uh, these growths on people's skin and catch them early and just save lives. And so I went into dermatology for that reason. And then my passion for sunscreen started, obviously, because like everything else, prevention is the best medicine, you know? And so that's my journey, you know, and then, you know, I learned about how to create good sunscreens and what the skin likes and what people like and how to match the two. So that's pretty much it. Well,
1: what I have, what I've heard with sunscreens, I mean, I want to kind of ask this question here, is that some of them can actually, um, the ingredients can further cancer is what I understand because I have friends that have had, you know, skin cancer. They have had to, you know, get it removed and they're very particular about what kind of sunscreen they use. So can you tell us a little bit about the ingredients that you um, recommend for people that have had skin cancer?
2: Yeah. You know, well, first of all, um, I think any sunscreen is better than no sunscreen. There's, you know, the research shows that sunburning in particular is one of the most important risk factors for developing skin cancer, and particularly melanoma. That's the malignant kind that gets into the bloodstream, spreads, and is, is very serious, and is life-threatening. So sunscreen's important. Now, I, I think that people who've heard stuff about Um, that certain sunscreens could actually aggravate their overall health, what's going on now is that everyone's heard of this concept of physical sunscreen versus chemical sunscreen. And if you haven't, understand that those are the two types of sunscreens, right? The physical sunblocks and the chemical sunscreens, right? So what does that mean? Physical blocks, they're called zinc oxide, they're called titanium dioxide, they end in the word oxide, right? And what they do is they actually form like a coating on the skin and just block the sun's rays from getting into the skin. Chemical sunscreens are different. Chemical sunscreens are more chemical in nature that go into the skin. And they allow the sun rays to get into the skin, but they sort of scatter them. They don't allow them to to really just get into and form an intense pocket of sun exposure within the skin. It's the chemical sunscreens that have been found to get into the bloodstream versus the physical blocks, the oxides do not. And now, and this is from our own governments, our own Food and Drug Administration, whose purpose is to protect people, protect the consumers, and they did research and found that the, the chemical sunscreens get into people's bloodstreams. And when it does, all sorts of things can happen that are not safe. This is their own, this is their own research information. And whether it can, it can cause hormonal disruptions, it can cause diseases, bad ones, Ooh. you know. And so wow. there's now, um, I think, a real issue with the use of chemical sunscreens. They're not saying to people in the United States, hey, let's not use chemical sunscreens. Let's ban them. They're saying further testing is necessary to show they're safe. But as a doctor, it's my opinion, and I think it's just common sense, why would you ever take a chance with using something that might not be safe? So I'm an advocate. And I only use the physical sunblock, the titanium and zinc oxide, particularly, in the formation uh, in the formulation of my sunscreens. So that's what I think you're hearing, and I think it's a very important mm-hmm. conversation. And I'm really glad we're having it here um, on Midlife Moxie.
0: Okay, yes. so lots of kind of want to back up a little bit <laughs> and talk about. A generational bias towards sunscreen. And what I mean by that, I'm 55 now, born in 1966. And so I, when I was in high school, we did not talk about sunscreen. We talked about getting that Hawaiian Tropic Oil or, um, or baby oil, baby oil and iodine. That's what our moms <laughs> used. I mean, it was how much sun can we get and how fast can we get it? And I'm really dating myself, especially when I say we used to turn as the songs on the radio changed. You knew that had been a certain amount of time oh. if you listened to five songs. So <laughs> we have gone just in my generation from that to talking about the latest developments in sunscreen. My friend wearing her Camp More long sleeve shirts at the beach. We have a Neso tent that's SPF 50. So. It seems like our generation, this Gen X, is really a pivotal point in the story of sunscreen and sunscreen usage. Do you agree with that? And have you seen a bias and seen it change over the years?
2: Well, certainly agree that the, the Gen X and, and people who are a bit older grew up where suntanning where sun was the way to be, to be, to be beautiful. And the, the baby oil and the iodine and the reflectors. You know, people used to use reflectors and put aluminum <laughs> yes. foil. Yeah, on, aluminum on, foil. On, on, <laughs> on the, on the on co- album covers. <laughs> and, and by the way, you want to know something crazy? Right now on eBay, you can shop and get reflectors that were given out as parting gifts to passengers on airplanes as they got off of destinations where there was a lot of sun. So the oh, airline to give away reflectors isn't that insane? So, insane. so we we have come a super long way. And yeah, there's no question today, more than ever, and I think it is increasing that people are aware that the sun is hazardous and they're wearing sunscreen and they're wear, and they're wearing protective shirts, they're wearing sunscreen, they're going in those tents, like you just described, Gail. So there is a tremendous shift. What causes that shift? What has happened? Well, I'm going to credit the, the, uh, the American Academy of Dermatology, uh, for which I'm proudly a member, and say that I think public awareness by the medical community first and foremost um, is what's gone on, right? And, and, and there's been information also that has co- come along the way where we now know for sure that sun exposure causes skin cancer. Back, back in the 60s and 70s, it was thought to be true, but wasn't as much of a medical fact. It wasn't as a proven a medical fact as it is now. So that correlation is now 100% established. So there's, there's just more conviction on the part of the medical community to really alert people that the sun is bad and that it can actually cause skin cancer. And people who wanna be healthy are listening. Now there are people who still get sun. There are people who don't wear sunscreen, but they're few and far between. There's a way to get a tan that you don't have to burn. And burning, this is important, is very different than tanning. It's the sunburn when your skin gets red and blistery. That's really the cause of skin cancer. Getting a tan and getting darker and darker causes skin cancer too. But the key thing is is that malignant melanoma, that really serious type of skin cancer, is more likely to form with the sun burning. Even one sunburn in your life and and that's why it's important to protect children too. One sunburn can actually increase mm. the risk, increase the odds of getting melanoma, malignant melanoma in your lifetime. So, back to the question, people are just becoming more aware and 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 it's not different from, I think, the, the, just the general trend of wellness that people, you know, you there's, it's, it's up there with colonoscopies, mammograms, watching your cholesterol, you know, mm. look at how far we've come. Cigarette smoking. Can you believe that? Look, back, cigarettes are, are banned from being advertised on television. You know, think about how far we've come. So I think yeah. as a society, as a country, um, there's just been an, a general movement towards health and education, and skin cancer and sun sunscreen are just part of that overall trend. I'm happy about it. Mm. Okay,
0: so when we got to we we've come to using sunscreen and accepting that, but there seems to be a recent shift in the last maybe two years, maybe longer. As a professional for you. But just what I'm seeing in the industry, and it seems to be driven by two things, the legislation involving reefs and reef-safe ingredients, and the fact that there were a lot of people who had a bias towards sunscreen because of the greasy, heavy, Mm. acne-inducing formulas that we had in the past. And I'm in that camp. I was the girl. Let's talk about the reef first, and then I can talk about my story there. So tell me, for those who don't understand, when they see their sunscreens, like my Dr. Dennis Gross here, it says reef safe, and we've seen some other sunscreens be discontinued. So tell us what that's about.
2: It was discovered that certain sunscreen ingredients actually destroy the Mm coral reefs in our oceans. And... Those particular sunscreen ingredients are are something that companies like mine um, and formulators of sunscreen have decided not to use, and now some of them have actually become illegal. And those are the the chemical names of the chemical sunscreens, back to that. The physical blocks are totally safe for the reefs. But certain chemical sunscreens like and oxybenzone have been found to destroy, erode and bleach out the coral reefs and disrupts ocean life no question about it and you know you don't have to be you know an environmental activist to know that it's important not to do that especially when it can be avoided so to save our oceans and to save the, and to help the ecology of our planet um, those ingredients are, are, have been identified and now are not used and in fact are often banned. And it makes a difference, you know, because part of the ecosystem of the oceans needs the coral reefs, right? And that's very, very important. So um, that's what's happened with that, with, the, with that issue.
0: Okay, now let's talk about this other bias that some of us have combinationally <laughs> breakout-prone skin. Christina's laughing because she knows <laughs> I am just complaining about this all the time. Anything that makes me <laughs> greasy. And I literally, y'all, I, I promise this is a true story. I remember not having my facial sunscreen one time at the beach and using one of my son's just, you know pool, you know, two hour romp in the surf sunscreen. And I literally had at least 20 pimples on just my chin over the next week. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I'm going to say this, shout out to Dr. Dennis Gross, because let me tell you how I found him. I asked an esthetician friend who was talking about sunscreens, I said, what should I try if this has been my story? and yours was one of the two or three names she gave me, I went to the internet, I read reviews, I scoured websites, and yours kept coming up with very good reviews for people with acne-prone skin. I got it right here. I've gone to the beach twice since I got it, wore it, came home, no breakout. Y'all, even when I didn't have that chin thing, Anytime I was at the beach more than a day, I would come home and the next week I could just get prepared for breakout. It just, I hope I didn't have a special event. It was going to happen. And that has not been the case with this. And I could not be more excited. It didn't feel heavy or greasy on my skin. I just needed a tiny little amount. So what is changing in the industry to give us is it customer demand? Is it newer ingredients? Mm-hmm. What's happening to give us these? Um, because it seems like companies are just making a name for themselves with, you know, non comedogenic sunscreen. So tell us all about that and what's changed and what makes these different. Because I think there's a lot of people out there, like me, Dr. Gross, that are saying, I can't wear sunscreen, yeah. it breaks me out. And I've had a lot of clients in my business yes. say that. Yes. I, I, I yes. don't want any sunscreen. So, Let's turn them on to sunscreen. Let's, let's abate their fears. Sure.
2: Great. Happy to. So what I can tell you <laughs> is that, so I'm a dermatologist in New York City, and in my life, I've seen 150,000 patients one-on-one sitting next, across from them and talking to them, and sunscreen oftentimes comes up. And the number one reason people don't use sunscreen, Gail, you know, is like your story, they just don't like it. I'll go as far as saying they hated it. And mm-hmm. it was my mission to, to turn that upside down. And I wanted to create a sunscreen that people loved to use, right? That And, and the number one thing that I found out was that it really needs to be oil-free. And oils mm-hmm. um, are nice ingredients, and they do help the skin look smooth, and they are used in lots and lots of sunscreens, but that they cause acne, they cause pimples, they cause blackheads, they they block our pores. So the first thing I did was I said, "Mm -mm, this has gotta be an oil-free product. And so that was the second step. We talked about, you know what? I like the zinc oxide for reasons I just mentioned. And now Mm -hmm. I also said, I have to formulate oil-free because people without breakouts and acne conditions were breaking out with the oils in the sunscreen. It was just, it was an epidemic. So I, that was the first thing I said I have to do in order to create a sunscreen that you're talking about, the the SPF 30, the, the lightweight sunscreen that it is and make it wonderful on the skin. And so I then created more, I created a formula with more ingredients that actually gives the skin a radiance. That actually gives the skin this beautiful dewy look. That, in fact, oh. you don't even know you don't you don't even know you're wearing a sunscreen.
1: I love you a know? dewy look, Doctor Dennis Gross. I do. She I do. Is the dewy girl? Beautiful. It oh, is. It's so is, gorgeous.
2: It's gorgeous. And in the sun, when your sunscreen makes you look dewy, you're you take a photograph of yourself. You hang out with friends. You look in the mirror. Um, it, it is just us. It is beautiful to be outdoors with a dewy sunscreen. So oil free And that free, would
0: we're talking uh, let me just insert this because what we're going to compare that to is that chalky white that people <laughs> are used to with oxide products. So this is a whole new generation, ladies and gentlemen. We are not talking about that's right. those, you know, white nose sunscreens.
2: And next that's the next the next point exactly. The next thing I had to tackle was how do you not make the skin look like you're a lifeguard, right?
1: How, does, yes, how do you not
2: yes. have that white pasty look? Research, research, research. Science, and we discovered how to create formulas using zinc oxide, the physical block, that actually penetrate right away. And it's something that was I think the most important breakthrough in our skin in our sunscreen our research team discovered was that we can do it. And it absorbs quickly and it's lightweight. So realistically, you don't even know you're wearing it. Not only does your skin not have that, that white, pasty look, it actually converts your skin to a glowy, beautiful, dewy look, and it's oil-free. So the bottom line is that. Sunscreens have become the, a champion product within the domain of skincare. We can buy products that are moisturizers that you love the way you look with your sun with your moisturizer or a serum, you know, or the alpha beta peel that my one of my most famous products makes your skin oh. instantly look beautiful.
0: Ooh. But
2: sunscreen—that <laughs> yes. yes, one—that
0: was my second Doctor Dennis Gross product.
2: But sunscreens were never in that category. And now I'm here to say, yes, they are. So that's, that's what you're seeing. And now people love to use it. Everybody, teenagers, women of all ages, and by the way, men. You talk about a challenging group of individuals who are, find any excuse not to use a sunscreen. Men, they really are, fit. they fit that bill. This, this sunscreen, they try it, they'll use it on the golf course, they'll use it when they're out with friends, they'll use it anytime, because you don't even know you're wearing it. And they have an aesthetic too, they want to look good. And that helps them look good. So When yeah, you that's know more story. men are
0: shaving their head now. So I have in my business been approached by they want something on their head because they have no hair, Mm -hmm. but they don't want it to be greasy and nasty. And I was that girl that literally when I came off the sand, I had to run and get that off my face. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes felt like I might need a putty knife and I don't feel that way anymore. And I love it. I mean, you have changed the way I feel about sunscreen and my ability to use sunscreen and not... Have a breakout. But I'm also noticing, like you said, it being part of skincare, I'm noticing there are formulas that can easily be worn under makeup, some that work as primers, some that have nourishing Mm -hmm. ingredients. So it's not just that we're eliminating the harmful ingredients or the ingredients that cause us distress on our face, we're putting ingredients in there that are actually good for our skin. So Kudos mm-hmm. to you and your team because, and this thank is you. part of the reason we wanted to do this, because I know most of my friends, the 1966 babies, they're, they were in the same camp as me. They're like, oh, don't want any sunscreen. No, thank you. I'm oily. And this is a really big deal. So, Christina, what do what we want to talk about next?
1: Well, we want to talk about numbers, you know, so the SPF levels and, you know, When should we use them? Where should we use them? All the good things. So should we use different levels, you know, uh, on different areas of our body? Is the face more susceptible to cancer or just more exposed? And lips and ears, reapplication, Things like that. We we want to know the ins and the outs. And I'll Christina, tell you this.
0: I'm a lip Nazi. Now, I will say this. Even uh, back in the day when I would oh put Lord, here drop we drop on my face, I was going to put sunscreen <laughs> on my lips, the highest level I could find, because I used to work in a general surgery office. Oh, my god! And if you've ever seen someone have a divot taken out of their lip, it ain't oh. pretty. Let's just say that. Oh. And so I, it, work in a surgeon's office, you'll have a list of things you don't want. Brain tumors, cancer of oh the lip, um, hemorrhoids—it's a long list of things you know you oh. don't want. So oh. that's how oh, I got no. to that girl. I didn't want to divvy it out. It's well, all vanity. It's pure vanity.
1: Well, you know, I'm just—I'm just really concerned about my husband. I—I I mean, you're talking about burns. My husband just—he just burns. We went to—we went to Hawaii, um, a couple years ago. Well, he's and not a Latina he, Asian like you. He's, he's I know he's a white boy. A- listen, like me. A- 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 I just heard this little phrase: Asians don't raisins. So, you know, <laughs> like, oh my word! That's just such- <laughs> you cracked me
0: up. Big Kev doesn't have a chance. Plus, he's so tall, he's a little closer to the sun. Yeah. So, yeah, Doctor totally Gross, is. help us out. What talk number to, do we really us.
2: need? Yes. So I got to tell you, listening to the two of you, um, <laughs> I, I will tell you. He's that, like, I'm um, never
1: coming back.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I don't even know where to begin, you know, but I will begin here. <laughs> okay. The fact of the matter is that numbers matter, right? And it doesn't matter what whether it's you're talking about your face or your body, right? I think you need an SPF 30. Really, I think that's the magic number for me. Um and Or higher, right? But an SPF 30 blocks out, I'll tell you the exact, 96.7% of the sun's rays. And when you go to like an SPF 50, for example, you block out 98%. So what I found was that for that additional 1.3%, which is so minimal, and so negligible, that the sunscreen that you love actually started to make the pace people look pasty. So I said, forget that extra 1%. Let's create a sunscreen that blocks that 96% and doesn't mm-hmm. lead to that pasty look. Cause that's just the reality of, of the chemistry of formulating sunscreens, right? Right. And, right. And for that extra 1%, mm-hmm. people won't use it as much, but I think so it does the greater right. good. So I love SPF 30. That's what that SPF factor that it is that that you're that you're loving. Okay. That's what that product, that's the dewy look. It starts to diminish. Um, when you go to SPF 50, right? By the way, I have SPF 50 in the brand as well. That's better for like beach wear, if that's what you choose. Maybe you want that extra percentage of coverage. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, um, I, I think you gotta use SPF 30 body and face. And here's the thing. You gotta put your sunscreen on before you leave the house. Because what if you wait and you're outside without sunscreen on for even 20 minutes, 30 minutes, your skin can get too much sun. In fact, there are people who could burn in 30 minutes if they're in a really sunny environment. And that's why I say, put it on before you step outside, right? And to me, my motto, my second motto is, pink is the new red. You shouldn't even want to get pink from the sun. Because pink is just a lighter shade of red. And red means burning, and that's what causes skin cancer. So putting your sunscreen on before you leave the house, as opposed to, you know, people say, oh, I forgot to put it on, but I'll, I'm just going to run outside, and I'm going to go in and out of the car. Maybe I'll say hello to a friend. Maybe I'll grab a cup of coffee, but it's only 15, 20 minutes. If you do the math, and you, if you do that every single day, the amount of sun exposure you get by by just being out there casually without the sunscreen on adds up to a significant amount of sun. So put it on before you go outside. And then there are other Ro, places Ro. that are really.
0: I, I may be What's guilty matter? there, Dr. Gross, because yeah. I have had me, this me theory. And both- <laughs> now I d- don't hang up, but I've had this theory that you know we'll go out to the beach and I'll get just a little bit, and then I'll put on my sunscreen, and that's how mm. I got a little more than, I'm not going to say burn, but a little Mm -hmm. more than I should last week because you have the wind and the sun and, you know, it's the beginning of the season. So, okay, I'm going to do better about
1: that. Thank you for that. But we also have to be careful too, just not, not just when it's sunny outside, right? I mean, we have to be careful when it's overcast
2: too. That's true. It was overcast at the
1: beach. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's a great point. And that's a trap You know, the sun does still come through the clouds and you know, it does still reflect off the water. And there's a thing called the UV index, which is on, uh, on the, you can, on your weather app, on your phone, you can look for it. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that the amount of UV ultraviolet light sunlight that, that, that could be excessive can be high, even on an overcast or a cloudy day, which is what happened to you. And that's, that's a trap. So, I believe you can, you can't make a mistake like that. And okay, so you learned, you know, Um, it's just, it doesn't feel good. doesn't look good. It's unhealthy. And so it's just a good habit to put it on before you go outside. Um, That's really important tip that I, I always share. And I also remind people that there are certain places that you might overlook that you don't want to overlook, right? You know what? Men who shave their hair, and who, are, who really have their scalp exposed to the sun. The scalp doesn't tan that good. You know, Other some parts of the body do tan better than others. The scalp doesn't, right? The scalp is used to having hair, so it, it sort of skimps out on its ability to pigment. It only has so much that, that it can do. So scalp's really important to put a sunscreen on. Ears, same thing. And lip's important, and also the edge of the hairline. I have to tell you, I've seen an epidemic of of these precancerous growths and skin cancers by the hairline. And the reason for that is because people are afraid of messing up their hair, you know, so they, they come, they don't want to get close to their hair. So I always tell people, don't worry about it. And especially if it's oil free, it's not going to mess up your hair. Go right to the edge of your hairline. And that's the, and that's going to make a big difference in the long run.
0: You're so right because those greasy ones, we didn't want to get them in our hair. And I feel much more comfortable with these. And I've noticed even some companies are making products to spray on your hairline. So, or use a Mm hairspray that has SPF in it. But I want to go back to the ears because again, when I worked in a surgical practice, we were chopping off chunks of people's ears because even Mm. when they wore a hat, like farmers and baseball guys, their ears were always exposed and we just don't think about that. So y'all, the ears and the lips Here's here's my theory. Tell me if you agree. There's no reason to ever tan your ears or lips. We're gaining nothing here. I mean, can we all agree no on chance. that one? Hundred percent. No, I no mean, to. there's
1: no reason ever. Okay. Well, uh, so what? Well, I want to ask. I want to ask this question too because a lot of people. Uh, th- they don't know this, and and I just want to bring this out. Is that some people think that oh, if I'm darker, I don't need to wear sunscreen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I have a lot of I have a lot of black friends, and I remember one day going um, to my friend's house, and she's like, oh, I got to put on sunscreen, I'm burning, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, girl, you are dark. I don't know how you can tell if you're burning or not, and she's like we burn too, girl. And I was like, right. you do? So can you just educate us on that a little bit? Because I, I know there's some people that think, oh, well, I'm dark. I don't need it. Mm, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of right. melanin in my skin.
2: They do. That's true. But it doesn't mean that's it's a coat of armor, you know? And there's no question that darker skin tones, um, they do get less skin cancer. But it's, but it's not zero, you know? And then you have other conditions that are more, maybe more vanity, but patchy areas of increased pigment, you know? And the skin is uneven and it's darker in some areas and lighter in others. Mm-hmm. That's on that. A lot of people don't like that look. They find it unbecoming. And then they chase their tails, think about what am I going to do to get rid of it to even out my skin tones? They buy products, they come in, they say, Can I get lasered? You really can't laser. So the fact is that there's reasons for for darker-skinned people to wear sunscreen. It's very, very important. And by the way, you know what? The sun ages you, right? It causes wrinkles. It causes sagging. It causes fine lines. And so that's important, too. People, we're talking about health, and I'm happy about that. But wearing a sunscreen is also the added benefit is your skin's going to stay younger-looking, and that's also true no matter what skin tone you are right again you might, it might now, not notice be a christina is severity.
0: gotten her pencil out Christina's yeah. now taking notes when you said look younger you got her attention <laughs> that girl we are we can't I be vain it, on this show dr Grass. i, I want to be 29 lie.
1: forever okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's all upset because she couldn't get her botox today because she's sick <laughs> you're so bad. Well, okay. So a couple of things, (laughs) if you're exposed to lots of sun in early life, is it too late to do anything about the damage? And what do you say about blue light therapy?
2: Mm. Anything to it? Does Mm. it work? Not a fan. I think that the blue light therapy story is, you know, there's, there's um, there's something called led light, you know, and I think that um, if you're talking about that, LED blue light is great for acne. LED red light's great for firming the skin and building collagen. Um, but, but in terms of um, you know, other issues, there are many things you can do now. It's not too late to undo sun damage. LED is a great one. You know, one of the most popular products we have is the LED Faceware Pro, that mask that looks mm-hmm. like a, mask. you know, something out of Star Wars. That's an incredible device That's that people great. use three minutes a day builds collagen. As we um, run to the website to your order, <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's really really popular. People love it. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, there are certain ingredients that build your own collagen. Collagen is the key thing here because collagen. Remember is the fiber in skin that makes the skin firm and thick. And as we age, we lose it. And then the skin thins out and you get indentations called wrinkles and little etch marks in the skin called fine lines or it starts to sag or you get grooves by the side of your nose. All of that, all of it is due to a loss of collagen, right? So there are ingredients that we know that can build back your collagen. LED light's one of them. So too is vitamin C. It's really important. And so vitamin C serums and products, very popular, can help build back your collagen. It's not too late. Retinol, another key ingredient, is a pillar. and these are the pillars I use in my my company to always formulate products. Retinol is proven to help build back your collagen. And then there are ingredients, you know, like the alpha beta peel pads that work beautifully to do that. So it's never too late. Um, So... I think she has, she strokes her alpha beta. beta. I I love,
0: <laughs> she's a mess. Obsessed with her. these little packets. I mean, I'm just Such obsessed with these. Those I know. I, I <laughs> mean, I know. they, when you talk about not only all the other things you mentioned, congestion in your pores for someone with combinationally skin, it just disappeared. There's, my yes. pores look phenomenal with this alpha Beta hydro. i I'm, I'm a super fan. super fan. Now,
1: now, what do you what do you think about like lasering? If people wanted to go, I know this is a little bit off topic, but if people wanted to get that evenness, do you recommend um lasering the skin? like a Halo well, I want to tie or that BBL? in with
0: the blue light yeah. I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about was my friend had been offered this treatment. And she, I was given specific orders today to ask about this oh. where oh they do something on your face and this light is supposed to only like, I assume it's some type of laser or something just uh, burn off the areas that are precancerous. something like this. Is this, is there such oh, a thing? Yeah.
2: So there's, there are, there, well, there are, there are. And, and, and you know what, sometimes the, there's all sorts of commercial names that, that, that are given to these scientifically proven methods to make the skin healthier. So there are technologies there are treatments that, that do selectively help pick up and destroy precancerous growths you know oh and so you have to um, and, and it does involve shining a light on the skin after a chemical or an ingredient is applied to the skin so that um, that's how it, only the bad spots on the skin are picked up and destroyed. That's true. Um, in terms of something like blue light substituting for a laser that builds collagen, no, not really. But there are bona fide lasers, for example, that are known to stimulate collagen, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's been a really successful, booming segment of dermatology now, where you can yeah. get laser treatments, you know. Both those that, that cause a downtime, that make you red and your skin flaky and raw, And there are those that don't do that anymore, right, where you can get a series of what's called non-invasive lasers where there is no downtime, where there is no recovery. And so it firms the skin in a slower way, but um, very bona fide uh, science. And so, yeah, it's not too late once again because there are treatments in, in the practices now.
1: Well, I'll just tell you this. I'm excited to get my HALO and BBL done at the mm-hmm. end of this year. Rangers I'm super excited, excited too. to did get you hear my him? <laughs> I heard him.
0: Ranger appears I, I in every just, episode. Dr. You know, gross. Sorry about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> to get to get all those um dark spots cuz you know the people get those dark spots from the sun and What are you talking all that about? Stuff, what dark just, spots? You know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I just you know, I just want to re like a revamping of my skin. And I just figure that's what it's going to do is revamp my skin and make me younger. Anything. If they tell you
0: it will make you look younger, you
1: would do anything, Christina.
0: So I I I have one more cancer before we go to your big question, Christina. And I mean, one more question and it's okay. You have your internist, your general practitioners, um, telling you you need a little sun for your vitamin D deficiency so you're not depressed and all these things. And then you have your dermatologist saying, don't you dare get in that sun. So where's the middle ground?
2: Love that. Here's the, here's the answer. The middle ground is a minimal amount of sun, right? The human body is so efficient. Yes, you need a little vitamin uh, D activation by sun, Right. And, but the amount of sun does not require like bathing in the sun. Just walking around and getting a little bit of sun, that healthy amount is sufficient. Now, I will tell you that there are people who are vitamin E deficient, who are very, very concerned with getting any sun at all. So they may be Always protect themselves 100%, or they never go out, or they're working on the sh- they walk on the shady side of the street. Those people are at risk for vitamin D deficiency. But if you take vitamin D3, which is available in your supermarket, and that's the type that actually does not need sun activation, you can protect yourself from being vitamin D deficient just by taking a pill a day. Maybe you need a couple, yeah. and. Yeah. And the other thing is that if someone is found to be vitamin D deficient on a blood test from a doctor's office, the answer is always, now you got to go out and you got to take the vitamin D supplements. And supplements are a big part of the health movement in this, as we were talking about earlier, you know, people are doing that. And so I think taking vitamin D every day is not a bad idea, especially if you're going to really be avoiding the sun. And here's the thing. If you're not sure, and you get your checkup yearly, as you should, ask your doctor to check your vitamin D level. It's that simple. It's just checking a box on this on that slip for the to the, to, to the laboratory and find out where you are in terms of having enough or not enough or borderline. Yeah. And then yeah. based on that, you know whether you should take vitamin D and even tells you how much you might want to take. So that's how I approach it. It's an issue. Vitamin D is, is very important to the, for, for our health. There's more and more research now showing that vitamin D has immune boosting ability, anti-cancer ability, heart disease prevention, Alzheimer prevention. You know, the data yeah. is coming in strong. It's an essential vitamin. So you don't want to miss yeah. out. And that's how I okay,
0: approach yeah. it. I might be covered on vitamin D, Christina. <laughs> well, might, my have, my
1: my naturopath, she she says you you gotta have your she's she's got me on that, girl. Like it's important, super important. I I love what you're saying though. It's a minimal
0: amount. We don't need to go lay in the sun for an hour to get right. vitamin D. And just to walk down the street and back, just a little exposure, you're saying is enough.
2: Yes. That's and right. does sunscreen it is.
0: prevent us from absorbing vitamin D?
2: It prevents you from getting enough sun, which vitamin D alone, when you eat your fruits and vegetables and you get vitamin D, it needs to be turned on and stimulated and activated by a little bit of sun. So sunscreen, possibly, yes, could protect, pre- prevent you from getting enough active vitamin D because it, you, you lack enough sun to be, to activate your vitamin D. But you know what? you're not sure, take a pill. You're not sure, Mm -hmm. get the test. Okay. It's a very, very important thing to do for a yearly checkup. And you don't have to guess.
0: I love that. Very simple. Okay, Christina, the
1: big question. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about cancer because you started uh, earlier about uh, that you can detect and what to look for, and you know, my my biggest thing. I, I mentioned this earlier is that my husband he is um, very fair skinned and burnt. and I've noticed some things on him, and I'm like, I think we need to get this looked at. Like it looks, we need to probably get this looked at. And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. You I know, the knew typical it. man. Big was th- going to th- say he's fine. Big he, kid, well, he's, he's always, always fine. He's always fine. He's a hard worker. He's always fine. Everything is fine. I'm just going to keep my it husband's
0: moving. the same way. My husband, mm-hmm. he thinks he has told me that Scots don't burn. That's what you start to tell <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, I believe oh. that that is false oh. and fictitious. But oh Lord. So you know, yeah, what spots that we see? Yeah, we're what, all do, getting what we need to look for? Age, yeah. What is really problematic?
2: The most you know what it turns out that the most dangerous type of skin cancer is actually the easiest one to detect because they look like moles, they look like freckles, they have darker color, right? And they are usually more than one color. There's dark brown, black mixed with together in the same same spot, lighter shades of brown, tan, it could be black and tan, multiple colors, multiple shades of inside the same mole is an important thing to look for. The other thing to look for is a normal mole should be no bigger than a pencil eraser. And if it oh, okay. is, then it's something to get looked at, you know, because Again, you don't want to take a chance, especially because the earlier you catch these things, the chances are you're going to be cured. Let's let's do that. So now
1: I'm I'm checking myself here, doctor. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But
2: but don't get hysterical, you know, just like because I want to say one more thing. Okay, the other thing is is that the edges are not round is good, right? But if the so if the mole is round, like a perfect circle, like a pencil eraser, then it's safe. But if the edges jut out a little bit or a lot, right, if they're uneven, if they're asymmetrical, that border is also a very, very important thing. So it's basically A, B, C, D. A A for asymmetry, B for the border not being a circle, for the, for the border being more jagged, the color, C, more than one color more than one shade of brown, black, dark brown, in the same mole, and diameter, bigger than a pencil eraser. And the other thing to know is a mole that's changing in any of the ways above, in any of the ABCDs, if it's getting bigger, if its the color's changing before your very eyes, if it's starting to have borders that look different and not circular, then that's important. Moles should not change. A mole that's changing, evolving, that's what the E is for A, B, C, D, and E, that change is also a red flag.
1: Now, what about raises? So like, if you see them, like I have my mom, she's Asian, obviously and she has this uh, on her cheek and i've noticed that it started to raise mm-hmm. and she's been going to her doctor and they've been saying everything is fine and i'm like yeah. mom this doesn't look okay though like i'm right. really concerned the color hasn't changed the color's been the same um, the it, it has gotten bigger and right. it's it is uh, you know asymmetrical um mm-hmm yeah and, and so I'm just uh, right. a little nervous there so too. I
2: hear you, but notice that never in the whole A B C D and E guidelines was whether something is flat or elevated came up. Moles right. can be flat, and they're deadly. Moles that are elevated, okay, can be completely safe, right? So there. It's very hard to educate the public in terms of how to dis- dis- to discriminate. But just because it's elevated doesn't mean it's bad. And in fact, melanoma actually first starts out as a flat, freckle-like looking growth. Okay? Oh, wow. So that's okay. why it's not that important. But you did the right thing with your mom. You took her to the doctor to get it checked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went okay. down so, get it checked.
0: What about... The scaly lesions, the keratoses. Uh, describe what we're going to see in the differences in the two. Because the one thing I didn't hear you mention with the melanomas was redness or the pink coloration mm-hmm. we may see. That's right. Does that right. normally represent a keratosis or some other type of right. skin cancer? Yes.
2: And there's a lot of things that are flaky and scaly and rough. And that's why I said, those are the ones that are actually more difficult. Melanomas, what what we just discussed, real straightforward. But the other types of skin cancer, the other one that's more intermediate, still could be very serious. It's called squamous cell carcinoma. And those are reddish and they have a dry, flaky, scaly surface. Okay. Okay. And those are also very important. And you've got to get those checked. Okay. And that's a different criteria. They don't look like that. And they oftentimes can be red. They can also oftentimes be skin color themselves. But there's all sorts of things that look like that too, that are not serious, right? So Hmm. here again, you have to really just get checked if you're not sure and maybe just get a yearly skin exam, right? If you've been in the sun, if skin cancer runs in your family, right? If you've had a previous skin cancer, you got to get checked once a year to make sure you're not growing another one. And if there's a family history of skin cancer, everyone should ask around, right? If there if there is um, if there are people in your family who've had skin cancers, um, and that's that's an important risk factor. So that's how I would proceed. There's also another type of skin cancer that occurs in the millions every year, and it's called basal cell, and basal cell carcinomas. Fortunately, are not malignant. They don't get into the bloodstream. And those are the ones that are oftentimes the most difficult to detect because they look like a little shiny, pearly bump, or they could look like a red, a red patch or they could. And anytime, anytime you get a sore that won't heal, especially if it's a growth, it, that needs to be checked. That, that is a really important thing to look for.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. So I, I feel, I feel so educated right now by all of this. My brain is like, we're going upstairs, I gotta go do a body exam and look <laughs> all of ourselves. But
0: Good. you know, the truth is we do need someone else to put eyes on this because you can't see all over your back and people sure. get some skin cancers in some really odd places. And so Should we just, should this be with our regular physician or should we be seeing a dermatologist at least once a year?
2: I'm really going to give a shout out to dermatologists who spend their careers and have had their training and experience specifically on skin. I think that, you know, the general practitioners of the world, they know some basics, but most of the time, they're going to tell you, see a dermatologist. They're not going to take responsibility. If you point out a growth and they can tell you for sure it's bad or they can probably tell you for sure it's not, but I think that nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you to see a dermatologist too. So I would definitely recommend a trained specialist, namely a dermatologist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would feel more comfortable with that just because, you know, with anything, when you have a specialty, you do more education in that arena and you're up to date on those things. Whereas a GP, it's kind of like they have to be educated on a wide well, variety more of things. Of it. When you see something right. day in,
0: day out, you can right. spot it. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Okay, well, gosh. I guess I got I I to get I'm in touch the with dermatologist. my dermatologist. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're all making a phone call today. So First let I'm me ask my you, plastic surgeon. <laughs> one more question about that. When you mentioned the genetic component, it, if your parent had one of the, th- you know, three types of cancers you've mentioned: squamous, basal cell, melanoma, is it likely mm. that you would get the same kind they've had, or it just predisposes you to any type?
2: Mm, that has been studied. And there is definitely overlapping risks, yes. Because mm. sometimes, by the way, melanoma occurs in people who've been careful in the sun as well, or it occurs in sun-protected areas, even the scalp, for example. Um, and, and we talked earlier about darker skin-toned individuals. Sometimes they, they're they prone to getting on the palms or their soles or under their nails. So places where wow. you think that where it doesn't require the sun, right so in general if there's been any type of skin cancer in the family keep it simple get checked because there is risk factors um, that overlap and i would just get checked and and then let your dermatologists sort of tell you you look okay to me you can get a skin check in in two years you know or you know what let's do it once a year you know um but if there's a family history of skin cancer And as oftentimes I have learned, people don't know the exact type of skin cancer. You know, you just Mm -hmm. you just mentioned the three types, but that's beyond what I think is 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 either found out there or beyond what's expected. If you can find the name of the skin cancer, it's good to ask your relative, "Well, what kind was it?" Um, Most of the time, they say, "I don't know," right? But the truth of the matter is, is that um, just having that information. Of skin cancer in the family history, just get checked. And because that does predispose you to all types, mainly melanoma though.
0: Good to know. Melanoma, that's a risk
2: factor, real risk factor.
0: My mother had, I believe a squamous, but it was not melanoma. So I'm feeling a little better about that. Um, But she was a sun bunny. She was where I learned that iodine (laughs) and Baby oil. so funny. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, Dr. Gross, so much great information. And, you know, one of the things we love to do here on Midlife Moxie is bring in experts and just sit down and have these conversations because yeah. someone's not going to get to go to their dermatologist and sit and chat for an hour like this. So this is so valuable to our listeners. And we're so grateful that you were willing to give us an hour of your time.
2: Yeah, I'm so happy to oh do it. Oh my gosh. It's just this is just part of what I believe in. I I think education is really important and I'm so happy to do good. So my pleasure. Thank well, you.
1: and I, I, I think it's just really awesome too, how you have really, um, you, you just have this innate passion for health of the skin. It's not mm-hmm. like this, you know, like fakey stuff. It's like, no, this is what I truly believe. And this mm-hmm. is how I want to represent and I'm I'm sure that it shines through your products I mean Gail has been nothing but boastful about all of them so um it it, it just it, it's just no surprise to me that y- you came on and you did this and you just were just so awesome I mean just like, And for y'all that can't see his
0: skin looks fantastic oh so uh, yeah a little like, bit and he's um, got jelly. he's got
1: the dewy glow got the
0: glow he's <laughs> got <So>. the glow
2: <laughs> I got that sunscreen <laughs> on. This is the look.
0: I there know. You it go. looks great. I love That's this funny. sunscreen. So tell them where they can find your products. I know we've got drdennisgross.com. Sephora, I believe. Sephora
2: carries it. Yep. Nordstrom, Sephora. Um, gosh, just go just go on our website and we'll tell you, or you can get it off drdennisgrossskincare.com. Um, but it's it's out there, really. But Sephora has it most of the time it's been tough to keep it on on the shelf believe it or not it's been really really selling out but
0: it's all us greasy combo only girls that are out there like (laughs) we have been so excited to have this new generation of sunscreens we could actually use i mean Thank you, thank you, thank you, because you're going to prevent a lot of cancer by taking the time to mm-hmm. develop products that work for everyone. So we are so grateful. Again, Dr. Dennis Gross, drdennisgrossskincare.com pick you up some Reef Save, all physical, yes. lightweight sunscreen for the summer, and um, get checked by your dermatologist. Yes. So thank you again, Dr. Gross. Thank you for your team that organized this with us and for being a quick yes to Midlife Moxie and Christine. Uh, what do we always say?
1: Until next time, go and get your Moxie on. Bye bye now. Bye bye.